Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, our yet-to-be-named F1 podcast from Roundabout Productions. Um, I'm Michael Levine. Uh, joining me, Tom Dano, and it's—I think it's fitting. We'll call this uh, testing. Testing. Right? This is testing. It's, this yes. is our. This is the preseason test. We don't have a name. We're like, uh, <laughs> we're just out here wandering. So we're so we're gonna do testing before we unveil the livery. Yes. Okay. We're just testing. Yeah. We're just te- it doesn't. It, that's the nice so thing about testing. So that's the thing, right? We're a couple of NASCAR guys. Yeah. We both have a background in the NASCAR industry. Yeah. When NASCAR teams go test, right? We normally are testing in a very unassuming. It's usually just a plain like primer gray car. Yep. And then they bring out the paint scheme. So yep. we're doing it the NASCAR way, but we're going to be talking F one here. Yeah. And um, well, we're going to start out with. Uh, obviously, deliveries. Yep. The last of deliveries has been announced. Uh, and then testing is actually, at the point that we're recording this, testing starts tomorrow, Dana. Yes. So we'll be back next week yep. with uh, our breakdown and synopsis of testing and, and our impressions. Um, but let's start with the paint schemes uh, yeah. or, or what they call deliveries, right? Let's yep. let's start there. We're just going to give a, a little a ranking, just chat about them, what we think of them, our impressions versus last year. This is just for fun. This is just a couple of NASCAR guys wanting to chat about F1. Absolutely. I do think it is very cool coming from the NASCAR world that these guys have one scheme throughout the year. I wish you, we, I we wish the NASCAR world would do that. I'm pretty sure Denny was the last one. And, and even that's then, not a not thing this year. year. No. It's two races with a couple other sponsors. So, yeah, it's cool. To, it's the brand identity, right? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, too, because it's so much better more based around the team than the than the individual right it, like both williams drivers have the same paint scheme right you know and and it's that when you see a car you know that's a williams car which i which still does dumbfound me a little bit just because how many times have we been watching a race and you see a car go around on the opening lap and there's okay which one is it which one is it and then they zoom in and oh okay it's raikkonen or oh, okay it's latifi right it, it's it's something that we've seen done in NASCAR a couple of times. If they, on the rare occasion, you do have identical cars or similar looking cars, you change the roof number. Or you like invert the color scheme, right? Right. Like if it's a, if it's a primarily black car with blue highlights, then the, the sister car would be primarily blue with black highlights. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's one of the interesting things about F1 is the the driver number really doesn't mean much of anything. Right. I mean, I couldn't tell you more than half the grid's numbers. Yeah. You know? So I, so it's something I find interesting, and, and I find it it's a fun departure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're one of the only, in all reality, we're actually one of the only motorsports where the car number is that big a deal. Yeah. You know, it's, especially at the top pro level, because even if you look at IMSA or, or sport car racing in general, the number's not that big a deal. It's right. the livery of the car. So with that, let's jump into breaking down our... Thoughts on the on the 2021 grid liveries. We're going to start from the back of the 2020 points. So yep. let's start with Williams. Primarily a black and blue car, splashes of white and orange. Dana, what do you think here? It's first of all, I don't hate the design at all. What is interesting to me, and this kind of plays into like we really don't know what the fuck we're talking about when it comes to F1. Um, a lot of the brands that are sponsors in F1, we don't. Either are a different, are branded differently in the U.S. or aren't 
doesn't have a presence in the U.S. Like Lavaza, right? Yeah. Does not have yeah, no a idea. presence in the United States. And if they do, it's under a different brand. So I don't know where the orange comes from, right? Yeah, I don't either because like, so I'll, another one of their primary ones is Acronis, right? Yep. I am familiar with them, but that's being a tech guy. It's a it's a company I've looked into. We actually worked with them a little bit at LFR. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly no orange in theirs. So I'm with you. I don't know where the orange comes from, but it's an interesting departure from their last scheme, which I would say their last scheme was very boring. It was. And so this is, it's interesting. It's gripping. I don't know how well you're going to see it at speed per se, but sitting still, it is a very striking car. Yeah. Uh, No, I agree with you. I think that it's got some very cool design elements with the different, it's a lot of different shades of blue, but it works. I also like the Williams W worked into it at the top. Yes, which is cool because with it not even being owned by Williams anymore, it's cool that they still see some of the value in having the historic name still affiliated with their scheme. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I'm I mean, going to call it a scheme till the day I die. Fair <laughs> warning. <laughs> so let's move up the grid here. Uh, a little bit of controversy in the next one. The Haas Formula One team. Yeah. Um, this is an American team. Uh, so the red, white, and blue colors make a little sense until you look closer and realize those are actually in the order of Russia. Yes. Now, interesting note here, and I'll be curious as, as things develop, but the Russian flag has been banned by the Anti-Doping Association yep. for any Russian athletes. Shout out Putin. <laughs> there you go. So I'll be really curious to see if this livery stands yep. or if they're going to be forced to change it. I'm also really curious. How is that even enforced? How does a doping agency say, hey, F1 team, you can't run a Russian flag? Well, I- First of all, I have no clue how you enforce it, right? But the one that raised my eyebrows too is it's it's the sponsor, I guess, for lack of a better word, or the primary logo placement on Maze Pin, Maz Pin, I don't know how to pronounce it. On his suit is like University of Moscow, right? So to have something that looks really, really similar to the Russian flag and then University of Moscow on your fire suit, it's kind of tough to be like, no. Right. It's not the Russian foot. Yeah. No. Oh, and the primary sponsor is Russian. Right. Yeah. And it's a little interesting. So And the dad, Maze Pin's dad's name who's backing him is Dimitri, which like you can't get much more Russian than Dimitri. No. Besides I mean, Putin. I, Dimitri Putin. <laughs> would be the most Russian yes. name we yes. could come up with. Otherwise, so take the controversy out of it. It is a very crisp looking red, white, and blue paint scheme. Um, the Haas logo, I do feel like though, gets a little washed out. Otherwise it's a me, it's a mediocre scheme. I think it's not, I don't love it. Yeah. I I don't love it either. I would have rather seen them go in a different direction with some of like the gray and black that Haas has thinking along the lines of even the Suarez scheme for a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah. That that almost like like red and black gray, right? It was like a digi camo built into it. Oh yeah. Uh, something like that could have been cool, but if as much as that control of that team has been turned over to Mazepin's dad, like, I guess I, I don't know the specifics of it, um, but it might not matter what Gene thinks anymore. It really might not. And at the end of the day, as a team owner, if a guy's willing to come in and foot the bill for you, yeah, you kind of do give up a little bit in, in, in terms of that 
But if a guy's willing to pay for it and you're not having to put money out of your own pocket, right. man, it's it's it can be worth it. Yep. So, it's going to be weird seeing a Schumacher in that scheme. It you is going I mean? to be very weird. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, moving up the grid, we move to Alfa Romeo, bringing back both of their drivers from last year. It, a very, I think, a very beautiful car here. That white with the, the Alfa Red really, I think, pops. Um, I think this car is going to be very easy to see going around the track, Dana. No, I agree with you. I think it's it's the thing about the Williams is like it's cool design, but it's such a big transition from what it's looked like in the past, right? So you you naturally lose a little bit of that identity that comes along with having a similar. Yeah, car. I would I would this, argue it's not a huge. Yeah, the Alpha's not really done a huge one. That's what I'm, I'm saying. It's different enough that it passes for. You didn't just no. mail it in on a 2021 scheme. Right. Uh, but it's still similar enough where you see some of those cool elements. That color scheme is very cool in general. Yes. You know, it's crisp. It's clean. Um, it, when I see that car, I think of the Alfa Romeo brand, you know? so I will say the other interesting thing about this car, a significant number more sponsors than the past two. Yes. I mean, I think it almost doubles up on them combined. Right. Which is good to see. Uh, they may be piecemealing together a budget out of a handful of smaller companies versus one larger one, but it's it is good to see. Then when you do that, you do retain some of that creative control. So, um, yeah, I think it's a it's a crisp. It's it's really just an inverse of their last year's paint scheme. Yeah, but to your point, it feels different enough that it's not a rehash. So Dano's. When when we were doing the NASCAR stuff, I kind of had a little bit of a reputation for being anal retentive about paint schemes and just little things like that. What I always notice when I'm looking at these F1 renderings and preseason photos, you can choose what tire compound you want for your scheme. And like in the renderings I'm looking of of the Alpha, it's got mediums. So it's got yellow tires. And I'm like, why didn't you go with softs? It would have matched the red or the white even would have matched the rest of the scheme. It's just, I don't know. It's just a weird little observation that I've never had to think about before. No, I'm I'm with you because if you look at the pr- previous two, both of them put on hearts. Right. So it's the white that's matching with some of the white in the scheme. And yeah, Alpha does go a little bit different here with the yellow medium tires, but uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate, I don't it, hate but it. That may also maybe may me coming from a NASCAR background where our tires are yellow. That might be the I'm name of this episode. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> uh, so in, in talking about teams that essentially just inverted their colors, going up the list, uh, Scuderia AlphaTauri, they basically did the same thing. Now, this is where I'm going to differ with the Alpha one. I don't like it as much. I don't like it as much as the 2020 livery. I am with you. There was something about last year's that was just very cool. It, again, it's not totally different, but I'm looking at the side-by-side comparison of them right now. There there was something about having the white in front of the driver in front of the last year's car that I think looked much cooler. And I also feel like the line of kind of the dividing between the dark blue and the white flows with the Alpha Tauri red bull last year better than it or it flows better last year than it did this than it does this year yeah this is just this is not a paint scheme that i'm that i love right i mean there's uh i i loved the alpha tari paint scheme last year in fact because of that in our f1 let's plays on youtube we are 
Team Alpha Towery because we loved the paint scheme so much. Right. I would not do that this year. I'm did not. You, it just is, doesn't strike me. By chance, we won't do this for many of them, but did you see the fire suits for Alpha Tower this year by chance? I did. Hate them. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I like last year. So last year's fire suits, there was something like stormtroopery about them. Yes. You know what I mean? And I thought that was very cool. This year, it's just like that blue going down the middle does not look, doesn't scream racer to me, you know? I'm absolutely with you. All right, so going up the up the list, the other Scuderia team, uh, Ferrari, now typical Ferrari red. Although I do like the transition into the little bit darker red at the back. It's not just a plain red car that Ferrari's had for many years, but they also haven't lost their identity with it. I'm I don't know. It's hard to like a Ferrari paint scheme. They're very very plain. They're very plain. The green Mission Winner logo is Christmassy. Yeah. It feels like a Christmas car. I I assume, and maybe I missed where this was discussed, but it feels like it was green to try to make it flow and feel Italian. I think that's the goal here because the Italian is green, white, and red, right? right? But yeah, it's the only bit of green in the scheme. And and again, to me, it just doesn't make sense there. Yeah. I. It's just, if if that's white or even that maroon that's kind of toward the back of the car i I even think that would pop more but yeah it's a it's a weird scheme another thing that that bothers me on this paint scheme if you really look at the tail of the car you have this darker red on the rear wing with mission winnow in black yeah it gets lost it's just it's like this car was just kind of slapped together and then somebody thought, oh, man, we've done just plain red for the last decade. Maybe we should change it up a little. It just doesn't feel interesting, which is so weird from Italian companies. I mean, if you think of the way Ferrari streetcars look and Lamborghini streetcars and they're interesting and and dynamic and wild. And then you look at their F1 car and it's just kind of a hodgepodge of boring paint and sponsor decals. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's a line between tradition and boring, and I think this one goes to boring. Yes. And and I wonder, and part of me does wonder, if I would have liked it better if they just stuck with the monocolor red. Right. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, I don't know. That, that Mission Winnow thing is to have it green, have your alternate logo green on one part of the car, and to have your primary logo black on another part of the car, that would drive me nuts. Too. Yeah. Right? And black in an area where it gets lost. Right. Right. But anyway, enough about Ferrari and their boring paint scheme. Moving up the grid to a team that's sort of new, mainly just a rebrand, but uh, Alpine. Alpine. A very, very nice red, blue with tinges of white. Um, And that blue feels metallic. It'll be interesting to see it out in the sun. But it feels like this paint scheme is a metallic, very almost chromish type paint scheme. I got to say, I really, really like it. I, I do not hate it. It's now I was biased. I thought the Renault cars were one of the best looking cars on the grid, right? That black and yellow I thought was a very, very cool car. Um, so when you rebrand, I understand that you want to do something eye catching. You want to do something cool, right? And I think this scheme accomplishes that it's, it's unlike any of the other ones on the grid. Now, it's kind of funny that we've got that controversy over at Haas about the Russian flag. This is pretty clearly the French flag, 
right? But or, the French are under sanctioning for doping in the Olympics. There we go. So not a big deal, there right? There we go. But I, I would say a cool car. I was also very intrigued by some of the uh, teaser stuff they did, like some of the teaser videos that I think was just mostly done via digital rendering and stuff. I think and so. Was, I don't think we ever saw an actual car. I thought that they, they did a very good job with that. Um but yeah, I mean, that's a, a team a lot of people are going to be interested to see this year if they can kind of keep the momentum going. And then when you have someone like Fernando Alonso driving your car, that's going to have a lot of eyes on it. So I think they'll uh, they'll look good doing it this year. It'll be interesting to see how well that team does. It's going to be very eye-catching on the grid, though. Uh, moving up, another pseudo-new team, uh, Racing Point, gets a factory affiliation with Aston Martin. Uh, Aston's have always been a traditional racing green and they deliver here. Um, I'm not sure where the red stripe comes from, but the rest of the car, very traditional Aston Martin green. I'm biased. One, that is one of my favorite colors ever. Um, so I do think this is an absolutely beautiful car. It is not particularly creative though. Like I said, there's a weird red stripe, and beyond that, it's it's pretty much just green. Let me ask you this. Looking closely at it, because I have a photo of the nose of the car as well, is that red or is that pink left over from the British water technology, which I believe is Lance Stroll's dad's company and was the reason the cars were pink? No, it, it is correct. That is where the pink came from. It's hard to say, right? Yeah. The picture I'm looking at is an, is a darker picture, lower exposure. That could be pink. Yeah. Uh, in this picture I'm looking at, it appears to be red. Yeah. And Regardless I, of red or pink, if it is pink, it does make more sense why it's there. Yeah. But it's just kind of feels haphazardly thrown in there like, oh, yeah, we need to please stroll. So let's do a weird yeah. stripe that isn't even really go all the way to the back of the car or really flow with much of the lines of the car. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, as as much as I think the car is a pretty car, I think it's also a very kind of like Ferrari, a very boring paint scheme. No, I agree with you. I'm, I I don't love it. Uh, sidebar though, did you see that? I I don't know how they're going to break it up this year, but in the past where it's been Mercedes safety cars, they're also going to have an Aston safety car now, and that thing is beautiful, beast of a car. Oh, it's looks so pretty, awesome. And the Mercedes one looks pretty badass as well. Now I will say, when it comes to street cars, Aston Martins are my favorite street car. So I'm kind of a little more interested to see how this team does now. As Racing Point, it was just kind of there. I didn't really. I didn't dislike them. I didn't really like them. They were just another team on the grid. I do like Aston Martins. I mean, it's my dream car. When when someday we maybe make, I don't know, 20 bucks doing this, <laughs> I would love to buy one. So I it's cool to see them investing in more than just a team, but also getting a safety car and the medical vehicle. I mean, those are two very beautiful cars. Um, so it's cool to see Aston Martin investing back into F1 again after many years. On the safety car, they use like a neon green accent to yes. highlight the dark green. And I like that better than the pinkish red in question. Yes. And, and if you've ever, if you've ever seen it, it was, uh, it's a little bit of an older car, but there was a DB9R that used to race. It might still, um, in the GT series and in, in a few different countries, beautiful car and it was like a green it was that racing green with like almost neon yellow right around the grill bezel 
I mean, just a it, just excellent looking car. So Aston has a reputation for really nice looking cars. I'm hoping maybe season two they actually bring that out a little bit. Heck yeah. Moving up the grid to uh to McLaren, uh P three in the constructors last year. Not a huge divergence for this team. Still the orange with blue. It does have a little more of the blue in it. I I, I like it. I, I think when you're a team on the rise and kind of reestablishing a brand the way McLaren is, you have to stay in line with what you're doing, right? You can't take a crazy swing. And that's exactly what they've done. I mean, this is not much of a departure at all, really, from their previous car. So it's going to be, it, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. It does seem like the blue seems to be slowly creeping and taking over more of the car. I can't say I like this one as much as last year's car, uh, and that that hurts me a little bit as a as a McLaren fan. But uh, yeah, I just don't like this one as much. I just don't feel like the blue is utilized as well. But it is good to see more sponsors on the side of that car um, that has been lacking of late. So uh, McLaren doing a very good job getting that car sponsored and getting the funding to get up there and start competing with the big guys again. Absolutely. Someone like Ricardo, they could uh, they could be in the contention for podiums a lot this year. I think. Exactly. And up and coming Lando. I mean, the kid's got talent. He's proved that this last year. If he can keep himself out of trouble, keep the penalty points off his license, uh, I think he's going to develop very well. Uh, so moving up again to Red Bull. Dano, this Red Bull doesn't look very different to me. Does it to you? No, it doesn't look different at all. And again, it's that's a team that's different than a lot of these other teams in that they rely on not only sponsorship and not factory support, but almost singular sponsorship support. Right? Yeah, say not even sponsorship, internal pockets. Yeah. I mean, Red Bull is the sponsor of this car. Yeah. And it even goes, I think, a step farther in the coming years when they, as as Honda is phasing out of the sport, that Red Bull's not looking to go to another manufacturer. They're just going to create the Red Bull engine. Yeah. Um, they are a case of do everything in-house. Yeah. And uh, that is Which only going to get more. Selling drinks. It's amazing, isn't for it? 253 bucks a drink. Well, you I, were one of those people who bought them for a while. I was. I was. But yeah, this scheme, there's nothing different. I, I got to say, this one disappoints me because Red Bull has such an opportunity to go wild with their paint schemes. Yeah. They don't need the brand consistency. Everybody knows Red Bull. Everybody knows Red Bull for being that brand that's all over the map. Yeah. Why didn't they do something different this year? But even then, they're a team going through a change again. So you, I guess at the end of the day, it's uh, it's Christian Horner talking to, oh, what's the general? I can't remember the guy's name that runs Red Bull right now. But if he says he wants it, it stays. You no, know what yeah, I mean? That's, and like, I think that's it, absolutely true because Christian has done a great job with that team. Oh, yeah. And, and even looking back at the history of Red Bull, I really don't remember a year where it was vastly different. There was that year where they had some like purple built in, which was a little strange. But yeah, for the most part, it, it's just a brand that doesn't change much. And I get it. You know? I, I guess I just look at it. I look at the, the cars and paint schemes Red Bull brought to NASCAR. Mm hmm cool cool schemes yeah and i just don't feel like they're delivering on the f1 front add some silver in there and yeah. some of the other things that make your cans pop yeah make your car that look casey that way. red bull car such a pretty car it was an amazing four car. number font such a badass yeah. car it's probably my favorite red bull car ever yep, yep. 
And then moving up the grid one last time, uh, champions from last year, Mercedes, have changed up their livery some, mostly from the rear vertical wing. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, it's the traditional black and green. Um, They did ditch the 700 Mercedes logos that were kind of shadowed into it. Um, But yeah, with this Ineos sponsor now having the red and silver in it, interesting. They they did trade about 30 of the Mercedes logos for the AMG logo. Right. But it's interesting. It's, It's an interesting departure. It adds a pop of color. Um, those cars almost may actually be easy to see this year. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because, you know, getting much more into F1 in recent years, what I've learned of the past is that a nickname for them was always the Silver Arrows, right? And then they changed to black this year at the request of Lewis to keep in line with some initiatives that he holds close to his heart. And it's interesting that they've stuck with it for another year, right? Which as much as... You want to say, oh, yeah, it's for Lewis's initiative. It's a big machine, you know, like it's a huge, huge business. And if they don't see value in being that brand and supporting that, then they wouldn't have stuck with it. So the fact that they have stuck with it, even with the addition of Ineos now owning a third of the team, I believe, I think it's a third Ineos, third Mercedes and a third Toto. I think so. Yes. It's cool. I think it's a very cool car. It could be Lewis's final year. If he goes out there, wins a championship, I wouldn't be surprised to see him step away. Well, and what's interesting is he says a championship's not even part of his deciding factor. Mm. I really do think, and and I will say I'm, I'm very happy to see uh, Mercedes doing it. I think now it's become a platform he knows he can win. He doesn't have anything left to prove. Mm. Now it's about what can we do to actually make, what can we, I say we like I'm part of the team. <laughs> um, what can Mercedes and Lewis and Valtteri do to make a difference in the world? And Lewis's initiatives, especially with the Black Lives Matter and things like that, it's it shows Mercedes actually cares about what, Lewis thinks is important yeah. and that they find it important. This isn't just, it wasn't just a throwaway. Oh, times are tough. And Lewis wants to do this. Let's, let's like make Lewis happy. They actually are bought in. Yeah. This is buy-in doing it a second year and committing your car to being black. I, I think it's a, a big part of it is, you know, not that we're anywhere near this point in F1, but with Lewis, sometimes when you become such a fan of just the sport, right, and racing, no different than NASCAR with Jimmy Johnson, right? After a while, I feel like we all kind of went blind to what Jimmy was as a brand and what he was as a person and how big his reach was outside of the sport, right? Lewis is that on steroids, you know what I mean? Where If you follow the sport because you're like us and you have a genuine interest in racing, it's easy to look at him as just the driver that's kicking everybody's ass right now. Exactly. Yeah. But to take a step back and look at him in the scope of he was an answer to a trivia show I was watching the other day of list of like 15 highest paid athletes in the world. And he was right up there. So to see him up aside the the Ronaldo's and the Neymar's and the LeBron's, it was like. Oh, yeah. Like he is a massive global icon. And to keep him happy, hopefully keeps him in the fold of your business long term and any initiatives that you want to get going. He's a marketing monster. you know. Well, and I think 
I, I don't disagree with keeping him happy and keeping him in the fold. However, I also think Mercedes kind of proved in a single race. They don't necessarily need him. It's true. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're using this as leverage to, oh, we've got to, to make the cars black to make Lewis happy. George went out there and did the exact same thing. And if it weren't for a mistake on Mercedes' part, yeah. George would have won that race handily. Yeah. And, and he damn near did it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, after the first mistake, yeah. he about drove through the field and got back up there. Right. And so I think, to me, that shows that this wasn't just a move of, oh, let's just keep Lewis happy and get him resigned. No, they're actually bought in. They actually want to make a yeah. difference in the world also. And I've I've got a lot of respect for that, yeah. that the company is is equally behind Lewis's initiatives and wants to help him succeed as more than just a racing driver. No, absolutely. I, uh, I'm excited to see them all go fast here to, in a couple of days with testing. Yeah, so initial thoughts on testing, Dano. We've obviously been keeping up with uh, some of the rumor mill going around, you know, uh, such as during the re- the paint scheme reveals, Mercedes made an effort to hide certain parts of their car for that they were, it is speculated using for downforce reasons. Initial thoughts. How do you think guys are going to stack up during testing? I think Mercedes will blow everyone out of the water again. I, I just, that gap was so big last year. And to hear them talking about how like, oh yeah, we've already stopped working on this year's car and we're already working on next year's car. There's a chance that that gap could be even greater, you know? Um, I think Red Bull will be second, but if McLaren can continue to take steps, you would think they're pretty well positioned to be third. And I'm hopeful that you see Ferrari take a step forward again to be able to compete with McLaren and have Renault there as well to put some pressure on that fourth and fifth place battle. I think it'll be compelling racing throughout the field. Um, I know Russell was quote, who's normally pretty critical of the, and has no problem being critical of the Williams car said it was a huge step forward. He felt like for this year. So that could be exciting to see them maybe not race for points every week to get out of the basement and to, to at least get a point. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, Cause they were, the, they didn't score any points. Exactly. Last year. And, and even being able to watch alpha Haas and Williams, if all those cars are, raceable it creates good racing throughout the field you know yeah I, I i think it'll be an interesting year i don't think you'll see alpha tau rerun as well this year as we did last year that felt like lightning in a bottle a little bit but who the hell knows i really don't know what the hell i'm talking about yeah <laughs> i've got to agree with you some i mean i think i think one of the differences is i think i think mercedes is playing some head games mm-hmm. i think red bull is going to close that gap mm. especially bringing in now Sergio, mm-hmm. who we saw last year was out driving those um, racing point cars. Um, I think putting him in a Red Bull next to Max, I think it's only going to push Max better. I think it's only going to help the team develop more. You're getting two quality sets of feedback back on your development. I think they're going to close that gap. I think the the race for the top is, is very much going to be Mercedes and Red Bull. Yeah. I think if if some of what's come out of about McLaren is accurate, I think they're pretty comfortably in third. And I think everything from like fourth to ninth is completely up for grabs. So gun to your head, who has a better year of Vettel or Alonso? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, that's a really tough one. I think Alonso. Hmm. 
He's coming back with a little bit of fire. He's gotten to go off and do some of the other racing that he wanted to do and then realized he missed it, right? And so I think he's coming back with some of that passion back that he, that he I think, kind of lost at McLaren when, during the tough years. I yeah. mean, admittedly, McLaren was really pretty poor there for a few years, right kind of in the prime of, of his career, and I think it kind of burned him out a little yeah. bit. And to your point, he was always notorious for being very critical of the cars he drove and being able to nitpick details and had said, I'm only going to come back if the opportunity's right. So clearly he sees something at Alpine that brought him back or gave him enough confidence to feel like he can go, maybe not compete for wins, but compete for points and have some good finishes and make it worth his while. And Renault was good last year. And that's the thing. Mm -hmm. This isn't a brand new team. This is Renault chassis being raced just under a different livery and a different name. I think that's what's going to set him apart from probably Vettel because Racing Point Aston Martin now and I, they do I don't even think they have Racing Point in the name anymore it is yeah. Aston Martin. Yep. They're trying to take that step into independence. Developing their own stuff, not relying on Mercedes 100%. So I think that's a big step. I think I think that could hold Sebastian back more than Sebastian. Yep. I think Sebastian will be a driver for improving that team. I think he always has been that guy for teams he's on. I think last year was an outlier where everyone pretty well knew he wasn't coming back. And so Ferrari's pulling things away from him and he may not be giving a hundred percent in terms of development feedback to Ferrari to improve them either. And so it kind of just becomes this like lame duck year yeah. for both team and driver. Yeah. And so I think, um, I think that plays a factor, but I just don't know that, with this major, basically, manufacturer change that Aston Martin is ready to give him a car better than what Alpine is going to give Fernando. Yeah. On, you know, driver to driver in equal equipment, that's a really tough one because Seb has the credentials that says he's a superior driver to Fernando. Right. Again, unfortunately, Fernando's good years were kind of lost in a mediocre McLaren. Mm. I do think what could be interesting is seeing McLaren with that Mercedes power plant again. That could be, that's kind of an unknown. I mean, yeah. A, anytime a, a team switches engine manufacturers, there's always that risk of something not going right. Yeah. Um, we saw it when McLaren changed to Honda, right? Mm -hmm. But, man, these Mercedes engines yeah. are phenomenal. And we saw it work for Racing Point last year. Exactly. A and that's and a race win. That's right? the only thing that I think... I think part of why they met, they're pretty comfortably in third and what could even be to your point, having them bucking Red Bull for second. Yeah. No storylines all over the place this year. I know we'll dive more into it probably after we watch some testing and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. So um, with that, I think we will check out for the night. We will be back next week with a breakdown of testing and our impressions uh, until then, Dano, tell them where they can find us. You can find us at roundabout underscore pro on Twitter and Instagram on Facebook. We are roundabout productions, Twitch. We are just roundabout pro. Correct. I think that's the first time I've gotten through those almost all without just having a stroke in the middle of it. YouTube, YouTube, roundabout, roundabout, productions. roundabout productions. Look at that. I remembered all five of them. And then uh, the podcast, you can find them on SoundCloud, Spotify and iTunes roundabout productions. Find them all right subscribe review give us a comment and a tweet at us at uh, roundabout underscore pro or our personal accounts 
Uh, I'm at M Levine. He's at Dano Time. Tell us your thoughts on the liveries, and uh, we'll be chatting more as we get through the weekend with testing. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will chat again next week. See ya.